What is your purpose as an entrepreneur? Uh, I only have one purpose. It is to impact people's lives uh, in a positive way. Okay, straight to the point. That's Simple. it. I love it. Thanks for tuning in to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where purpose drives our actions and our actions are a result of our purpose. When you have a strong enough purpose, every action you take in life has meaning and power to it. Every entrepreneur is on a journey to fulfill their purpose, and the world needs to hear it. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. Today we have Daniel Lewis, owner and founder of Tea by Daniel, a tea <laughs> shop that sells premium loose leaf teas. And you know, the thing is when you enter Tea by Daniel, not only are you getting flavorful teas, but you're getting greeted with a curtsy and a bow <laughs> and it just makes you want to come back. Through his tea company, it's led to other opportunities to speak and help other businesses develop their brand. This guy's this guy's a machine. Daniel, Jeez. thanks for coming on the show today. That intro though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. So, Daniel, like you know, you have a powerful you know, powerful, powerful backstory, but let's get right into it. What made you decide to sell tea as a business? Tea as a business. Uh, it, it really, it was timing. I think, um, going to, through my story, um, you know, as I've said many times and many people know, um, I was in the music industry for several years mm -hmm. and, um, on account of that, something tragic happened where in 2009, as a victim of a nearly fatal stabbing, Jeez. um, which took a lot of trauma on my body. Mm -hmm. So the physical aspect of my body required a huge change. Um, luckily, obviously I did survive, but I couldn't do the same things I was doing before. So drinking alcohol, smoking, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to make a change. And, uh, it just so happened that that's when David's tea in Ethiopia at the time had opened up and tea just seemed like, you know, the right beverage. I, I tried it out. Someone offered me a sample when I was walking in the mall, tried it, loved it. There was so much flavors and everything. After becoming obsessed with tea, I decided, wait a minute, this looks like an untapped industry when it comes to like funkiness and, you know, and stuff like that. So what if I could use, um, you know, this foundation as, um, my new, pathway, mm -hmm. you know, to inspire, to help my own health, to educate people about tea and the benefits, but also just to impact people's lives just with a tea company, because that was my new obsession at the time. Yeah. So it was really just timing. Okay. You know? Okay. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned you were in the music industry. Like <laughs> That's what those are about. You know? <laughs> what, like what type of, what type of music were you doing? Yeah. So I started off a rap hip hop artist. Yeah. Um, I would say that's probably where I was the strongest as mm -hmm. an artist. Um, I did that for a lot of years. Um, it really started from, from freestyling. I used to freestyle a lot. Yeah. Um, just as jokes in the playground until it got, you know, real and I would battle people from different cities and competitions and whatnot. Um, then started a group, dropped mixtapes, and then we were really trying to burst out onto the scene. Um, our music was playing in clubs downtown Toronto and everything. So we, we were doing pretty good for aspiring artists. Mm -hmm. After I felt like that doesn't, it wasn't really going anywhere. I became a SoCan, um, Canadian songwriter. Okay. Um, tried pitching songs as a ghostwriter. Okay. To A-list artists and whatnot. Um, didn't really work out. Then I started a rock band. Didn't really work out. So that was my whole, almost 10 year music stint. Okay. Yeah. And was that throughout like high school or a little bit before high school, but it got serious in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and then even beyond high school. Yeah. Okay. So several years. That's crazy, man. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Like who would have thought 
you know, rappers yeah. selling tea. It's just, it's a, it's a crazy crossway, but you know, it's just, it's, it's amazing how sometimes you find, you know, it's not so much the jump or the drastic jump from industry to industry or, or what you do in your life. It's you were trying to do one core thing and you see that similar thing, um, in different ways. So there's a message I was trying to get out there. I was trying to use, you know, music as a platform to do it. And now I'm using a tea company as a platform to do it. So okay. that was the core, mm-hmm. you know, that I find, um, even though it's a wild jump, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what aspects of, you know, that, that rapping, you know, that performing mm-hmm. transfer over to, to tea with, with you and your brand? Like what, what, yeah, actually I, I would say a lot, to be honest with you. I, I didn't have, um, a business background. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I dropped out of school in grade 12. Wow. I never went to college or university to study business. So I didn't know really how to run a business, mm-hmm. but I did know how to put on a show. Yeah. A good show. Um, and when I got into business, I realized that especially in the tea industry, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of showmanship. There wasn't a lot of entertainment. There wasn't a lot of, you know, snazziness and stuff yeah. like that. It was, it was really cool and educational, informational and healthy, but I asked myself, what if I brought that missing, those missing elements to this industry? Mm-hmm. And it was very natural for me. So when I got into the tea industry, immediately I started performing because that's what I know how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and just making it fun and, and funky and Willy Wonka ish and, you know, all those things I love. Um, and it looked uh, obviously, you know, almost eight years later, it looks like that's what was missing in the tea industry, mm-hmm. um, was just a different perspective. Um, and I, I only learned that from, from music. Yeah. You know, every day I had to recreate myself as an artist when my music and my image and stuff like that. So it's the same with the tea teas that we come out with. You're right. I see that. And it's like, you're always coming out with new teas, right? You know what I mean? You're always having new ideas, yeah. new prizes, new events. And it's, that makes a lot of sense. Got to stay relevant. Right. Yeah. I see our, in the music industry, it's like the moment you're not dropping a mixtape or a track or a diss track or a freestyle, you're forgotten. Yeah. So I didn't want to suffer the same fate in mm-hmm. uh in in my business now selling tea and it's interesting you you the interesting thing about like your story is that you know i find a lot of entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs they want to try and create a brand new like idea right you know you did create an idea but you took something and that you existed. twisted it yeah you know That's what i mean it. and there's 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 plenty of ways to do it it's it's 100 percent. i think the the sooner you understand that chances are you're not going to create something new under the sun mm-hmm. chances are i mean there's still room for inventions and yeah. stuff like that but most you know viable businesses are things that already exist it's coming up with your unique way what is your i call it secret recipe to making this different and presentation mm-hmm. uh or presenting it differently um and then when you can tag a some type of value uh added onto that product or that service that's your business you know so i t i know nothing about tea. I didn't create tea or anything like that. I just made tea a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that carved out my niche. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now you are a Brampton man. B-Town man. <laughs> yes. I'm a Brampton man. You, you were born in Brampton? <laughs> no. So technically I'm a Toronto man because <laughs> I was born in Toronto. Yeah. But from age two, like I don't remember living in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Um, from age two, I've been in Brampton and ever since. So I claim myself as a Brampton man. And what impact has this city had on like your success? Oh my gosh. Um, I could really attribute everything to this city, mainly because when I look at my life, which, you know, your life is what shapes everything you do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I 
I was uh I went to school in Brampton. Yeah. Uh I got married in Brampton. Yeah. You know, the the tragic incident that happened to me happened in Brampton. Um I had my first child in Brampton. Um I started my first business, real business in Brampton. Actually all my businesses in Brampton. I started my music career in Brampton. Everything has been Brampton. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I think back on my history and all the the moments that shaped my life and shaped my perspectives and my morals and everything b-town yeah. like it's not i can't say anywhere else has been you know a part of how i think or how i do my thing you know it's it's brampton everything brampton okay okay so um you know even you telling your story like mm-hmm. and i watch a lot of your public speaking events and stuff like that you're very open about you know your struggles and what you've been through right and you know you you were able to turn those struggles into learning opportunities for other people right um you know, every entrepreneur goes through struggles. Hundred percent. I feel like social media makes entrepreneurship like not really yeah. what it is. You know what <laughs> you I mean? Show the highlights. Exactly. Just the highlights. Just yeah. the highlights, right? right? But you know, what, what what advice would you give to entrepreneurs who are, I guess, afraid to show that side? Yeah. Um. Like, to, how would they do that? Yeah. Like, um. You mean like the negative side or the the struggle, the challenging side? The challenging, the challenging guys, side. Yeah. I would say. People, um, both consumers, you know, customers, people in general, appreciate transparency. Mm-hmm. You know, they love to know, yeah, when you win and you won the award and business is booming, but they also love to know when, you know, things are tough mm-hmm. because then they can see opportunity to step in and help. Yeah. And at the end of the day, honesty and a genuine business is what people appreciate. Mm-hmm. So we put our you know, our honest foot forward in everything that we do. We let people know like, yeah, you know, we didn't win the award or, you know, it wasn't as good as we thought or whatever. And then we celebrate the good times as well. Mm-hmm. So all along, people feel like they're building this with us, which mm-hmm. they are. Um, and I think that's something that my mom instilled in me because I was sold that business dream um, when I was starting out that you're just supposed to go to New York City. You're supposed to go downtown Toronto, build some big empire and be rich. That's that's what that was my. OK, yeah, let's do this. And then my mom just grounded me by letting me know, like, no, it's a, you know, your neighbors got to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, your local community's got to know what you're doing. And don't try to reach for the stars too quickly because you don't leave room for your customers to feel like they're a part of this building process. Yeah. yeah. So, like, a perfect examples when we opened up the store, when I saw David's Tea and how they looked and Teopia at the time, they look so established. So if I'm going to come into this tea industry... Like, look at their, it's so, their concept is so franchisable, mm-hmm. you know, and, but I don't have the money to do that. My mom's like, that's not you yet. Just buy two kettles, you know, and make some tea for some people, paint the walls and you'll get there, you mm-hmm. know? And because I followed that advice, now I can say, you know, and I look in my store now in a mall, you know, right close to David's Tea and all these places, it, it looks one in the same because yeah. we took time. Better, man. Better, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. See, I didn't want to say it myself. So. <laughs> Trust nice. me. Everybody, everybody knows it. That's what everyone's talking about. Nice. So you've had a couple of like amazing experiences running this business. Mm-hmm. You served tea to the Prince of Wales, man. Jeez. That's crazy. I'm still trying to like, nah, that's huge. I'm, I'm still trying to make that real to me. That's crazy. How did you even get that to happen? Like... I think it, I love when people ask me this question because it's a good testament to the power of giving. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, I met, uh, this food blogger who just came into, you know, blog on our teas. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know that she worked for an organization called the Prince's Charities of Canada. 
Um, we had a little relationship, um, like business relationship where, with her doing the blog. Then she, uh, she told her colleagues about us and about our teas and everything like that. And they invited me to come and speak at a youth entrepreneurship launch pad in the Rexdale community because, um, the Princess Charities, they advocate on behalf of the Prince of, of Wales for a lot of different things like poverty, um, youth unemployment, homelessness and things like that. And uh, they said they were doing this initiative to help youth at risk um, get some resources or get in um, contact with resources. Um, so I went to the Rexdale community. Um, I volunteered my time, spoke, offered, you know, some tips and business advice to these um, youth. And it was good. And when, when I was there, I met their, their CEO. Mm-hmm. And he's a bow tie guy. I mean, you're a bow tie guy. Yeah. I'm a bow tie guy. Um, so we just kicked it off naturally. He was really cool. He had funky socks. We just meshed really well. Uh, he told me about the organization PCC and we established a relationship there. Over the next three years, I advocated on many times for different things that they stood for. I'm always volunteering my time just because it was something that I, I wanted to give myself to. Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward to 2016. Uh, Prince Charles was actually coming to Canada uh, with the Duchess of Cornwall um, for a royal tour. And he requested himself that he wants tea when he gets to the army base. Mm-hmm. His organization said, well, you know what? There's a guy that's been volunteering with us for the last couple of years. And he just so happens to have a tea company. And that was Tea by Daniel. Jeez. So we got an uh, uh, email from the federal government saying you've been requested to serve tea to the prince. When you got that letter, like, what Faint. did it look like? Faint. <laughs> um, so first it was an email. So it was RCMP email, mm-hmm. federal government email, um, and then invitation from the, the organization. And it just, just looked really serious. Yeah. <laughs> like it just, whatever this is, this is something that's really serious. We had to do these, um, passport like photos. We had to send in where we lived in the last five years, Jeez. where your mom lives. Like it was like a huge, back search of everything because you can't just get into the room mm. um sorry i'm kind of stuffy and um yeah so after all that was done um they just told us the protocol they can't tell us where to pick up our passes because you can only find out a couple hours before the event like it's some serious stuff and um we just went through the whole process until it became real um and then I'll, after we met uh, he loved our tea and then a few a week later we got an order from the palace Wow. For more tea. And then a few months later, two months later, we got, um, uh, actual mail from the palace, um, that he wrote himself. And that just, it said royal mail on it. And just, it just blows you away. Really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez. You, you, you're keeping that letter for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have it on a plaque, actually. So, yeah. That, that's, uh, that's a milestone. That's crazy. So you, you, you mentioned that, um, you spoke to youth. Yeah. What, just real quick, what type of things do you talk about in your, your public speaking engagements? Mm-hmm. So especially when I'm dealing with youth, um, my main takeaway or, or topic is setbacks mm. because I know what it is to be young yeah, and in school, especially, or struggling in school or in that crowd or, you know, so I talk about setbacks and how, you know, they're designed to propel us farther ahead using slingshot theory mm-hmm. and um, just really let them know, like, it's okay to not be figured out right now. You know, like the world makes you look like by 20, you're supposed to be figured out what you're going to do, what your career is going to be. I, I wasn't that at 20. Um, it's okay to not know what you're doing, but you got to find drive in what you actually want to do, mm-hmm. you know? And once you find that, it, it's going to carry you along the way. So I really just try to motivate them that 
they're not a lost cause. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I can't say enough of my teachers did for me personally. So I, I try to be that um, kind of mentor or, you know, motivator where it's like, guys, like you're not a lost cause. There's 24 hours every single day to turn, turn this thing around, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's the main message. And you mentioned slingshot theory. What, slingshot what, what is yeah. that? Can you explain? So, yeah, that is, um, my dad taught me that. Okay. He actually built, um, you know, you got little twigs, you know, the Dennis the Menace yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And he, he asked me when I was starting T by Daniel, um, Dan, what, what, what can a slingshot, what does a slingshot have to do with your business? How can it teach you something about business? Like, what do you think it can teach you? I'm like, I have no idea. Um, he, um, you know, kind of picture elastic band being pulled back. He said, let's say you don't go through any setbacks when you start this business. Everything's just perfect. You know, you're making lots of money. You're in all over the papers. You're on TV. Everything's good. You don't go through anything. Um, and he pulled it back just a little bit. He's like, this is what's going to happen when you go to take the next step. And the elastic band just went like right at my feet pretty much. Mm-hmm. Then he said, let's say you go through some setbacks. You know, this doesn't work out. Contract doesn't come through. You know, you're not making a profit for a few years. These are all different setbacks. And he was pulling it back every time. And then he's like, this is what happens when you change your perspective about setbacks. Mm-hmm. When you go to take the next step and that elastic band just launched. Yeah. And I was like, dang. Okay. That is totally going to be in all of my keynote presentations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just, it taught me everything I need to know about life and business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is absolute facts. Mm-hmm. So what's next for T by Daniel? Mm-hmm. T by Daniel. What is next? That's the fun question. Um, right now. So we just relocated here um, to the shopping mall at Bramley city center. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're, we're learning the ropes over again, you know, cause we're in a, a, a lot high traffic, um, a lot more traffic than yeah. where we were in a shopping mall. So we, right now we're just learning the ropes and, and how to, you know, survive in a mall and stand out in a mall. Um, after here, I'm never ruling out a second location. Yeah. Never ruling it out. I'm, I'm not rushing it, but I'm never ruling it out. Mm-hmm. That's something I see in the future. And I really want to extend the brand beyond tea. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. So yeah, I have, you know, motivational speaking that people attach to here. Um, I really want to get into clothing. And mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm waiting for the right time to do it. I already have designs, I have ideas and everything, but I want T by Daniel to become this lifestyle brand. Um, so I think you can expect clothing coming jeez. soon. Jeez, jeez. I think so. <laughs> Public speaking, you got the marketing, yeah. helping other companies develop their brands. Yeah. And then, jeez, man, you're <laughs> doing it all. Okay. One, one life to live, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a business owner, the more you can leverage your time, the better it is for your company. There is this amazing online resource called Fiverr, where you can hire someone for just $5 to do just about any task for you, whether it be logo design, market research, videography, or website building, Fiverr has it all. Please go to imkobe.com forward slash resources and click on the Fiverr icon to make an account. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So welcome to the purpose round where we ask the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind our entrepreneurs and their journey. So Daniel, what is your purpose as an entrepreneur? Uh, I only have one purpose. It is to impact people's lives uh, in a positive way. Okay. Straight to the point. That's it. I love it. What is an everyday habit that adds value to your purpose? Everyday habit that adds value to my purpose. I try to do, um, I call it racked, R-A-K-D, one random act of kindness every day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
sometimes it's a giveaway. I'll just walk up to someone wherever I am and just, you know, offer them a free tea. Um, but it's not always about giving away something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just really giving myself to someone. Mm -hmm. Um, and the funny thing is we know what those moments are. Uh, it's different from just your everyday moment, your everyday conversation. There's certain times where you're like, I'm going to either really listen to this person. I'm, I'm going to really go the extra mile to help this person. I try to do something like that every day. And when I could look back at the end of the day and say, okay, oh yeah, there's that person. I think I really impacted them in a positive way. Um, it's a healthy habit. Um, as I, you know, go through business and go through life. Okay. Okay. If you could have a conversation with one person living or dead, who would it be and why? That's a good question. One conversation. Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would want to talk to Willy Wonka. Just for him just to tell me. I mean, yeah. Pretend he was a real character. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, just weird. Like, how do you keep things so mysteriously magical? Like, I love, I love everything about Willy Wonka because... It seems like at surface just a chocolate factory, but when you really pay attention to the movie, there were so many life lessons to be learned, mm-hmm. right? So just if Willy Wonka was a person, you know, how did you come up with this concept and how can I incorporate the same way of being funky, mysterially, uh, mysterious, whatever that word is, um, <laughs> and magical, but also teach people, inspire people through life lessons. Um, I think that's just so admirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're kind of doing that already though. Good. <laughs> and then that's doing- awesome. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. awesome. But just to continue that, like I'm really inspired by the concept of Willy Wonka, by the movie, by the colors, like everything about Willy Wonka. Um, the movie just inspires me. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is your main strategy for organizing your day? Getting, uh, stay in good communication with my wife. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> without, um, Renata, I just wouldn't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I need to bounce everything that's happening off of someone. And mm-hmm. she's like the best person to, cause she's not like me at all. Mm-hmm. And I need someone that's not like me to hear me out. So that she could organize. So I, I'm not that organized, to be honest with you. She really helps put things into perspective. And she deals with the things that I don't have the attention span for. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just staying in good communication with my wife. And she is the co-owner of Tea by Daniel. She is. So she to is. our listeners, we'll be doing a part two. Jeez, with, with Renata, you hear that? Tea by Daniel. <laughs> okay. Nice. What was your worst entrepreneurial moment and what did you learn from it? My worst entrepreneurial moment... Um, there's so many, mm-hmm. um, one that, I mean, there's a couple that stand out when I think of, could it be like an experience that happened to me or does it have to be something like I did wrong? Um, either or man, either like or. whatever, either one that impacted you on your entrepreneurial journey. Okay. So I'm going to say two then. Okay. Okay. Um, one that an experience that happened that was just mind blowing bad mm-hmm. was, um, when our store, uh, two years ago got broken into. Wow. Um, it was, it was midday, 4.30, Boxing Day. Our store got robbed at, at um, gunpoint. Wow. And I had two female staff in the store. They had to get down on the ground. Like it was real deal. That is crazy. They took all of our cash, everything, uh, tablets, everything. That experience, by the time I got, I wasn't even there. Mm. But how that impacted me, my employees, my views about business and everything, it just changed me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe it actually happened. Yeah. You know, you see it on movies, you see it on everything. Like, But when it actually happens, just the sting 
is so deep. Like, who did this? Why would they want to do it to us? Yeah. Like, did I do something wrong? Did I say something wrong? So you just start thinking of all these crazy scenarios. And I think that, um, that, that was definitely something that was not good. Mm-hmm. And it, but it did shape us a lot. Um, as a fault, I think one time when we just started out, we went to an event and, uh, one lady asked us about our teas and she asked, um, you know, does it have any, sorry, does it have any, uh, maple in it in this mm-hmm. blend or something like that? And we're like, absolutely no, no, you're good. And she picked up the package and it said like maple in it. Like we had no idea what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I learned, I felt so embarrassed first off because the person's looking at us like, do you even know what you sell? Yeah. And then it really shaped me. I'm like, dang, like, I can't just sell a product because I want to make money. Yeah. Like I got to master this product. So when someone, like I, I train my retail magicians, like we can't get stumped. Mm-hmm. You know, we can say, you know, straight out, we don't know. Like I'm, you know, people ask me what's good for anxiety or something like that. I can say, you know, I'm not a physician. You know, it's better you go get Slamer, professional. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I can't just get stumped for something that I should know. Mm-hmm. You know, like what is this tea or where did it come from or what is it good for? I got to know those things. So it really made me become a good educator of my product um, and and to master my craft and what mm-hmm. I do and what I sell. Okay. Yeah, it was a good learning experience. Okay. If you had to build a business from the ground up with only $100, how would you leverage that? I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Um, all I would need... I would obviously have to do a product that I can afford. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be tea, like anything, anything, anything. Yeah. So I would find a product that comes at a low cost that I have some type of interest or passion about, mm-hmm. which would probably be food because I'm a foodie. Yeah. Um, so once I have the cost worked out and, um, packaging, I know is, is less than a hundred dollars. The food is less than a hundred dollars. The rest, once it's a packaged good, Majority of everything else is marketing. Mm-hmm. It's how do you add value and present this product? Like, let's say it's a tomato. How mm-hmm. do you make this tomato look like it's worth $20? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's something that I'm really good at, you know, like not to toot my own horn, but when it comes to promotion, advertising, marketing, displaying, presenting, that's my strength. Mm-hmm. So I think with a hundred dollars, I could get in a newspaper. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. hundred percent. Because I learned really early on in business that there's, there's an easy way to make news. Mm-hmm. Like, and you don't really necessarily, and you know, I'm sorry to all the PR people out there. Like, yeah. I'm not saying their industry is not important. It's very important. Yeah. But there's a way to get on the front cover of the newspaper or to get on TV, um, for zero dollars. Mm-hmm. And we've done it over and over. Like today I woke up, didn't even know we're in the National Post. We're in um, Canadian Press. We're in the Toronto Sun. Wow. We're in, um, all across Canada, mm-hmm. right? And that's because my wife came up with a cool name for our tea that just meshes with the royal wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are cool ways um, and inexpensive ways of building a business from the grassroots. And that's what we did. I didn't have $100. I think I had like all in maybe $600. Mm-hmm. Um, that's with a part-time job and everything. But here we built a sustainable company. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's possible. It's possible. So there you have it, listeners. You don't need a lot of money to, no. to get to where you need to get to. You need a lot of counsel. <laughs> Which app or online tool do you use every day to help contribute to your success? Instagram. All day. <laughs> every day. Insta stories, especially. Quick little messages. And <clears throat> excuse me, I use social media for exactly what it's for. Um, so if you go on T by Daniel social media, you won't see much T stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a social media. You know what I mean? I'm social. 
So it's entertainment, it's talking, it's, it's everything that's not selling. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's attributed to a lot of the success in our company as well. Some T people might be annoyed that, you know, why is this guy doing like, you know, comedy basically, yeah. but it's social media, right? And I try to keep it that way and I, I see it work for our company over and over. Yeah, man, you, you've made me laugh quite a bit of times, man. <laughs> nice. Your Mexican accent is, is, the, is the best one. Palo. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever received? Uh, the best advice, um, from my dad again, uh, would be, um, his definition of a rich person is a person with a keen sense of responsibility and a high regard for human life. Mm. Yeah. It really summed up like what being rich means because yeah. you could have a person that has a lot of money, but they have a poor mentality because yeah. they don't take care of humanity and their morals are low. So I was like, Oh, so I'm not striving to be the person that has a lot of money. I'm striving to be the person that's very responsible with what I have um, and with who I'm in charge of and and just to have a general, um, you know, high regard for, for humans, mm-hmm. life, you know, and treat everybody with respect. Okay. Mm-hmm. List your top three most influential books. The Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, I haven't read a lot of books. Um, the Bible, my book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because uh, just reading my own story and reliving it inspires me. Um, what is a third book that I've read? You know what? I can't... Right now, I can't even think of a third one. Yeah. I spend most of my time reading the Bible, so... And yeah. I, I hear that a lot from some entrepreneurs. Some entrepreneurs just don't read at all. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're more the type. You just go I through do. experiences. Yeah, I need right? to go. And, and, and even in school, that's how I was. Like, I can't do a lot of textbook. Mm-hmm. Like, the moment you a teacher would take us out on the field and like, okay, so what I'm saying is, and explain it with us doing something, oh my goodness, that was the greatest class. I'd learn everything. But to just sit down and just... It's hard, mm-hmm. it's, to be honest. And I, I'm sure I can improve as an as a entrepreneur... If I did read more, yeah, but I read articles, short blogs, yeah, and blogs. Lo- tons of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to like books, no, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard. And yeah. one thing I've learned because I read a lot of books myself. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've learned is that you know re- you can read thousands of books, but if you're not actually doing what, what is, is in the books, then, then it's, it's not useless. Working. Exactly, right? I, I, I'm the same. You know, I've. I've I've noticed that. And another thing is I try not to be influenced too much Mm -hmm. with other people Mm -hmm. or by other people. Not that influence is bad. I Mm -hmm. love to, I am influenced by so, so many different things, but I don't want to become, uh, just reactive to what I've seen or heard. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I want to become an innovator. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that requires me just thinking, about what it is I'm passionate about and what it is I'm trying to bring about, not just what has happened, mm-hmm. you know? And I know that might sound contradictory to some of the other things I've said, but I really find that the truth. Like if I read Howard Schultz's book, I might just come in the next day and start trying to build Starbucks. Yeah. But that's not what I'm trying to do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So as much as I take inspiration in different forms from a lot of people, I also try to limit it um, so that I can stay original myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell us something that you think is true about business that most people don't agree with you on. I think um, a great personality, mm-hmm. a genuine personality could make you a very successful business owner. And many people in business disagree with me on that. They think you got to know numbers. And at the end of the day, it's the top line. And I just, I highly disagree. Mm-hmm. I, I think 
people think business, a lot of people, and I've, I've debated this with people, they think it's about the business ethic. You know, how good are you with the accounting? How good are you with the numbers and, 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 and stuff like that? And that's very important. Nothing overrides personality. At mm. the end of the day, and this is a fact, the most successful people in business, the one thing they all have in common is they're likable people. Mm-hmm. That is it. It's not went to Harvard, um, crazy crunching numbers. Um, it's nothing else. They're likable because at the end of the day, if we don't like you, we just don't like you. Yeah. Right. And people don't support people they don't like. Yeah. So you look at Obama and I never get into politics, but look at Obama. He's likable. Yeah. Look at Trump. He's not likable. Yeah. It doesn't matter how successful you think he is. Yeah. It's not likable. People don't like him. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there one last piece of value you can leave with our listeners today? My motto, the secret to succeeding in business is in the first two letters of business, which is BU. Cheese. Cheese. Clean. <laughs> and how can the Purposeful Story family reach out to you or follow you on your entrepreneurial journey? So for the craziness and things tea related, uh, you can check me out on Instagram at T by Daniel. That's the letter T B Y Daniel. Um, to check out our products, our actual teas, you could visit www.tbydaniel.com or shop T by Daniel on Instagram. For anything motivational or speaking related, reach out to danielspeaks.ca. Okay, okay. I appreciate you coming on the show today, Daniel. Thank you for having me. No it's problem. always a pleasure. No problem, no problem. And thank you, Purposeful Story family, for listening to the Purposeful Story podcast. And remember to live every day with purpose so all your actions are clear. Peace. That's all for this episode. I hope listening to this podcast left you with valuable information that either strengthened your purpose or helped bring you closer to finding your purpose. We all have a different journey in life, and this podcast is in support of everyone's purposeful journey. Thank you so much for tuning in, because without you, there is no Purposeful Story podcast. Please feel free to email me at info at iamkobe.com and let me know what you thought of this episode. To help spread the valuable information this podcast has to offer, All I ask is for you to subscribe to the podcast via the Apple Podcast app, Podcast Addict, Google Play Music, or CastBox. Give a rating and pass this podcast on to one friend that you feel could benefit from this information. Don't forget to follow I Am Kobe Talks on Instagram for updates on new episodes and go to IamKobe.com forward slash Purposeful Story for more valuable content. Special thanks to DJ Anna for the beats and Lala Wrights for the editing. Before you go, please remember that purpose drives your actions and your actions are a result of your purpose. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.